Hey, everyone. Welcome to Locked on Lakers <laughs> for Friday. Brian Kamenetsky and Andy Kamenetsky. The Lakers came out in full hold my beer mode from last week's game against Oklahoma City, losing again to the Thunder. Almost the same on, damn way. <laughs> yep, at least they're consistent. Uh, losing yeah. again to the Thunder on Thursday night. Uh, LeBron James is injured again. Anthony Davis might be joining him. Plenty to talk about on Locked on Lakers coming up next. You are Locked on Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Want to thank everybody for making Locked On Lakers your first listen of every day, even when it's painful like it is today for Lakers fans. Uh, Monday through Friday, we got this thing up for you. Um, we would and- not blame you if this was your second listen <laughs> this particular first, time. Your first listen being to your therapist. Yeah, um, if you needed a buffer, we we understand. I, no, I got it. Um, yeah. As long as it's not a different podcast, we're okay with it. Unless it's the podcast that your therapist does, in which case, again, we get it. Uh, this episode of Locked on Lakers is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. It's always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's un- It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. Our fans um, can come together and complain about the Lakers. <laughs> yeah, I, I was joking, Andy, with you uh, via the text machine before we started tonight's show that um, apparently the number of times you can lose in a week to the Thunder without Lakers fans really kind of flipping out is one. Because I actually I thought people handled that loss uh, last week pretty well, given you know how Lakers fans can be. Uh, not so much on the second well, go round. Here's the thing: it's it's one thing to lose twice to a Thunder team that thus far their only two wins are against you. Like you have supplied the Thunder 100 percent of their wins this season. But it's another thing to give both of those wins of the season to that Thunder squad, and both times you blew leads of either 19 points or 26 points. I think they only blew a 19-point lead on Right, Thursday. but you you staked yourself a pretty damn big lead. Mm-hmm. And in this one, it seemed for a while like the Lakers had actually learned their lesson because in, in the first game that they lost, by, uh, they blew the 26-point lead, they started taking their foot off the gas like super early i mean like about right like maybe no it was it was in the middle of the first second half. Qu- yeah yeah it's and- like two minutes in the second quarter they were like eh. this game they actually seemed like they weren't doing that like, like they actually seemed in the first half like really dialed into it which made them going uh into the locker room at halftime with i think like a four-point lead yeah. Uh, a little bit distressing. Right. And no, you're really- right, Andy, because, you know, and, and but, you know, just to set the whole thing up, 107-104, the final, the Lakers lose to the Thunder. We've got a lot to talk about with LeBron James, who did not play in this game, is not going to play for at least a week. My guess is probably closer to two. I will also bring on Mike Richmond from Locked on Blazers to preview a now very interesting game on, uh, su- on Saturday night in Portland. So um, lots to do in, in today's show, but like, you know, in, in that it, it's a weird place to be. Like, in some ways, you almost will feel better as a fan when they stop trying, because you're right. On Thursday, they kept trying, and it didn't much matter. Now, the other caveats: no LeBron. Uh, you know, uh, the other injuries still there, um, and all that. They're still short a lot of dudes. 
But all that said, it's not like they stopped playing. Um, and that's a little disconcerting. They were like the, a t- the, these Lakers without LeBron, even with that, they should beat the Oklahoma City Thunder. Yeah. They just should. And Frank Vogel said as much after the game. This is a game we should win. You rarely hear coaches say that about other NBA opponents, but they should win this game. And they didn't again. It's, I mean, there's a lot we're going to be unpacking from this. And, you know, I, I in the uh, locked on now, the locked on it's now, the, it's the trunk equivalent of a clown car. You just keep yeah, pulling stuff yeah, out of it. I mean, yeah. It's not this, good. this post game is just one big Russian nesting doll, but mm-hmm. like, you know, in the, in the, we, we do these instant reaction videos, uh, the locked on now series, which you can find uh, following us um, at cam brothers on Twitter. And one of the things I pointed out was just like, I would need to, if I was, I guess, you know, sort of psychopathic, self-hating enough, rewatch the game to see like if if this if this fell apart most from lack of execution, lack of focus, even if the effort was still there, you can you can have unfocused effort. Uh, I I give you uh, Vujicic, Sasha, you know <laughs> that guy was all effort, but his focus would be all over the place. Whether this was you know the effect of not having LeBron, whether this was the effect of just the guys that they're missing overall and the lack of cohesion, all of the above, whatever. Like, this is a team that just has a lot to figure out right now. And the schedule is about to get harder. And yeah, they're, they, not, they, they're not they're not good. This is not a good team that, right now. Yeah, they clearly cannot get as good as, you know, we'd like to think they'll get, certainly that they thought they would be when they uh, arranged this roster. They're not going to be that good at that level, assuming they can even get there until they have more bodies available. But they have to figure out a way to be a better, more consistent version of whatever is the best version of themselves. Like they got to figure out how to do that. They got to do that quick. That's a really good way of putting it because, you know, you, you talk, Andy, about the difference between, you know, is it lack of focus? I don't think. I don't. I, it's very hard for me to to pin it on focus because I think focus is for good teams, you know, to some degree. I mean, you know, kind of follow me here. Like, it, it's it can be hard when your team isn't very good or isn't cohesive, kind of even in their best moments, to figure out where focus ends and the inability to play together and play in a cohesive way begins because I don't think they, I don't think you, they don't know what they're focusing on, you know, like they don't know where their foci are, you know? So I, I, I don't, I, I'm not even sure they're at the level where they can completely lose focus because they're not disciplined enough and knowledgeable enough with each other or whatever. They're just, they are, they have good players you know, in Anthony, even, you know, when LeBron doesn't play, Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook are good basketball players. Davis played a great game tonight. We'll talk about his thumb, uh, which he hurt in the first half, terrified the crap out of Lakers fans by not coming out to start the second half, but quickly did check in. Didn't even ask Frank Vogel, just ran right to the table. A little presumptuous. Um, He did say he's not sure if he's going to play Saturday night in um, Portland, in Portland, but he finished the game. So it's like, you know, if it were really bad, the Lakers wouldn't have let him finish. I, I don't know if they took x-rays. I don't know if they needed to. Um, obviously, the man needs his right thumb. But, you know, it's the, 
Anthony Davis is an elite level player. Played a you know very great, played a great game. I thought on Thursday night. Russell Westbrook is not elite, but he's still an All Star caliber guy, um, which is I guess pretty elite. I mean, you know, Carmelo Anthony's shooting like eighty percent at home from three point range. Um, but like you know, Austin Reeves played a nice game. They've got good players. They are not a good team. If that yeah. makes sense. No, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, ultimately, you have to come together and you have to have that type of synergy and the cohesion that we we've talked about since the preseason that they've had none of it. And look, when when I talk about focus, I, I mean, some of this is, you know, whatever they do know to the degree that they know it and they, they talk about this stuff, if nothing else, that they know it better, like Anthony Davis talking after the game about defensive breakdowns. Mm-hmm. These are things that at least in his viewpoint, they know what they're supposed to be doing. And in this particular game, it did not seem to be lacking effort. But, you know, in terms of like having to focus harder than they're used to on some of the details that may be otherwise second nature for players this experience, because again, they're just... Or the flip side of that is having to do things that aren't second nature to you. And in that in that sense, I'm talking specifically about Russ uh, defensively. Because like I didn't think Westbrook played a bad game. Like overall, I don't think he played a bad game. Like, you know, the shot volumes up, which you would expect with no LeBron there. Ten of twenty-three, six rebounds, five assists, four turnovers, which has the ball in his hands most possessions. It's not a crazy number of turnovers for the usage for Westbrook, but the moments that weren't good were really were bad. real bad. You know, yeah. like, and I'm talking about defensively more than anything. You well, know, but you know what he, though, he Don- lost. Uh, he just, I'll, I'll finish. But like, he lost the ball uh, going up for a, a, a critical possession, attacking the basket. That happens. The final possession of the game was a bad possession. He missed a three that I'm sure they wanted somebody else to take. Um, walked up the floor with you know eight seconds left. The ball never touched anybody else's hands. Westbrook takes a three, and that's it. I'm not. I'm a. I'm not totally surprised they didn't have a timeout. That they didn't have a better play that they could go to. Again, they're not like at that point yet. Um, but defensively, Westbrook had a terrible foul on you know in the open floor on a break. I think it was against uh, Gilgis Alexander um, at the bucket. Just shredded them, man. It was just, who, oh, God, I mean, like him, like young. This is like young guards. Point guards must be just salivating to get yeah, he, a he hold had, of the Lakers. He, he had 28, 28 points, six assists, uh, nine of 17 from the field, four of seven from behind the arc, hit all six of his free throws. I tweeted out during the game at Cam Brothers, like, Shea killed us, Alexander. I mean, he yeah. just, he just, I mean, and I, he's a, he's a great player, but man, he took a logo three that wasn't even necessary and he oh. drained it. Give it like he did. He did the jaw thing. He did exactly what jaw did to the Lakers, you know, a week and a half ago or whatever that was two weeks ago. Um, but like West and then, you know, on the critical three pointer that uh, Kenrich Williams hit, Russ got caught in no man's land and did neither of the things that he could have done to either, um, you know, make a pass more. I mean, just he, he got stuck kind of in that place where, oh, you're like, oh, yeah. Westbrook's not a super reliable defender, particularly in a team structure yet. And so like that, you, you see the shortcomings there. You see, you know, the, the problems that they're having defensively, the lack of trust that um, Frank Vogel has defensively in somebody like Malik Monk, who only played 13 minutes on a night where LeBron wasn't available. Um, I think that's kind of an indictment of where he thinks Monk is defensively. 
Well, it's um, also too, I mean, to be perfectly honest, Monk has not been scoring the last three or four games. Sure. So if he's not scoring, there is frankly no reason to keep him on the court. And they got the third performance that they needed from, you know, as, as a scorer from Carmelo, who again, mm-hmm. does not miss three-pointers at Staples Center. You know, Melo had 21 points, hit a couple big late threes, six rebounds, two assists, you know, two steals. He had a block again, DPOY. Um, but they, you know, Bazemore had two points. DeAndre Jordan had one, um, you know, Monk had two, Ellington had three making his season debut, missed five of his six shots. Like they didn't get enough from the other guys. And um, with no LeBron, it's a, a good opportunity to talk about that, which we'll do. Uh, why, don't, why don't we get into that? Because LeBron's going to be out for at least a week, probably longer. Um that that it's it's at least five games if it's if it stretches into a week a week and a half um they got to figure it out and the lakers need to figure out exactly what it means to have a less than bulletproof lebron james which he clearly is at this point so we'll talk about all that stuff next Locked on Lakers brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. It's always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends, family, they come together to reconnect where you just look forward to stopping at on a long road trip. You you refuel, you rest your legs. Win or lose, it's where the home or the away team, they come, they sit down, reflect on the game. We used to go there all the time after Little League soccer games. Our grandma Nini would always take us there. You sit down with McChicken or cheeseburgers you get the fries the whole deal it's just it's the best part of playing sports when you're a kid so head over to your local mcdonald's refuel reconnect did somebody say locked on lakers watch party i love when you do the singing part that always makes me happy uh do you andy know do you know what makes lebron james king james tell me sleep you would think it'd be so like his play or like you know some sort of royal title it's not it's sleep that's right sleep is his superpower calm the number one app for sleep and meditation has teamed up with lebron james to help you activate the power of sleep lebron and calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body but you don't have to be a world champion to learn how to train it calm can help train your brain so you sleep better reduce your stress and perform at your best just like king james and good god if there's ever a time for an app that will help you reduce your stress and, and get to sleep if you're a Laker fan. This is it. Uh, so for LeBron James, sleep is a critical part of his mental fitness routine. And if you want to get in on some of that, you go to calm.com backslash locked on NBA for a limited time and you'll get 40% off a Calm premium subscription. Again, for a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron using Calm and get a 40% discount on a Calm premium subscription at calm.com. <laughs> backslash locked on NBA unlock unlock content to help you focus ease stress and sleep better get started at calm c-a-l-m dot com c-o-m backslash locked on NBA that's calm.com locked on NBA backslash locked on NBA I think I handled that well um all right LeBron James you listen has, to the app before you did that read I did um LeBron James has a, a a strain in his rectus abdominis, which is a fancy way of saying your six pack, um, an injury that you and I will never have. Um, I didn't even know that such a thing existed. You know why? Because it's none of my damn business. Nope. It'll never affect me. <laughs> nope. That doesn't sound like the kind nope. of thing that I can get. I don't even think I have one too strain. That's what I'm saying. I, I, I just don't have one. It's like yeah. I was born without one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 
I had mine removed with my appendix. <laughs> it was just I'm useless. I'm, just, I'm not going to need it. Um, so they, the Lakers said it's going to be at least a week. The, those were their words. Um, more than likely because they're going to be super careful. This is not the kind of injury that you want lingering. That means let's let's say it's closer to two. Um, so that would put him out, Andy. For this is Saturday. speculation, but I think it's informed speculation. Yes, they at least a week is what they is. Sure, what I just want to make sure people ESPN understand people that closer right. to two is is more your speculation, but I think it is reasonable. Mm-hmm. Portland, so that would be Saturday, Portland, Monday against Charlotte, Wednesday against Miami, uh, and then probably Friday against Minnesota because you know it's basically Friday now uh, when they it's in at least a week. So that's four games right there. Uh, they then you're talking about San Antonio, Chicago, and possibly even two weeks from uh, when uh, Wednesday of this week when they play Milwaukee on the 17th. So, you know, uh, anywhere from five to seven games or something like that could even be a little bit longer. Um, two parts of this, and we, and we can focus on either one. And we got Mike Richmond coming up to talk about Saturday's game against the Blazers here in a second. Another team that's scuffling. Yes. Um, it becomes a very interesting game. The are you are you more concerned or more interested sort of in the or or where do you want to start with the implications for how they figure out how to play without him for now versus what it means like the, the little stuff is starting to pile up on LeBron and if if he's not more injury prone um you certainly have to be a lot more careful and the recovery time is slower i mean i say this all the time Brian like there comes a point for every athlete when their body stops cooperating. Mm-hmm. And I don't care who you are. Like, I don't care how indestructible you've ever seen. You know, every, every single athlete is at that level of indestructibility until they're not. It happened to and, us. Right, exactly. Uh, that's that's when I gave up my abs. I said, these won't help anymore. <laughs> Donate them to science. Yes, um, they got returned. But uh, <laughs> science did not want them. But like, you know, I, I don't know if I don't know if LeBron is more injury prone right now, like in terms of his body breaking down. Like, I'm, I'm I understand where somebody might think that I'm just saying I'm not qualified to say that one way or the other. But what I do feel comfortable saying is it's very clear that his body does not recover the same mm-hmm. as it used to, because there is no way. That you know, LeBron had played, I want to say, 15 seasons before he joined the Lakers. There is no way that LeBron went 15 seasons or whatever it was, basically without ever getting hurt. That's impossible. That doesn't happen. The difference is, though, the combination of being younger and LeBron, I think, just naturally having incredible genetics that he then in turn, you know, spent literally millions of dollars you know, making as great as possible that offset some of the the injuries that he was dealing with and made it easier to play through stuff. You know, we saw this with Kobe all the time. Like, you know, there Kobe like would play through damn near anything humanly possible. But even before the Achilles, he started missing more games mm-hmm. because he just simply wasn't capable of doing it anymore. Because again, at some point your body stops cooperating. And I think if nothing else with LeBron, the recovery period is where his body is in cooperating the way it used to. Yeah. And, you know, when you look at it in terms of what it means for this year's Lakers team, I mean, you always have to divide things up. Like if this injury happened in April, 
would they be treating would he play would it be probably i mean at the very least the timeline gets shorter the playoffs are coming up the games are more like it is very important to make sure that you don't turn a three game injury in november into a 12 game 15 game thing that lingers in december and january or whatever because you're too impatient at the beginning you know in the ninth game of the season i get all that stuff but like I mean, two things. First, like from a from a Lakers fan standpoint, you saw, could hardly blame people for getting a decided last year's vibe from what's been going on so far this year. Just that, you know, Jesus, can we get anybody into the lineup and keep them there for 15 minutes um, while they try to put this stuff together? And the answer to this point has been no. No, you cannot. And you know, the continuity question is a huge one because, you know, we did, um, you know, a, a Spotify green room with our friend Claire DeLoon. Yes. Uh, on Wednesday evening, um, as we record on Thursday after the game. And, you know, we, we talked a lot about kind of why they put the thing together this way, how they did. And, and you know, they believe that the star power will become overwhelming when they need it to. That's the bet that they're making. Could be right, could be wrong. But the other stuff that they got to put together, the things that are related to fit, the things around defense require time and they require reps and they are probably never going to be ideal. And they're not getting them. And they're not going to get them now until Thanksgiving, it looks like. You know, before it was, well, they might not get it until Halloween. Now, well, now it's Thanksgiving. And if anybody else gets hurt, now you're looking at Christmas before you have a chance to play 10 games. And it matters because particularly defensively, I actually think they'll be fine on offense. I'm starting to really come around on that. I think they're going to be okay. Um, and potentially better than that. But the defensive stuff is real. And they got to figure out who can play and in what combinations and get that side together because there, there is a bar you have to clear to be good enough to win a title, and they aren't anywhere near it right now. Yeah, and you know it's only going to get more potentially difficult if AD ends up missing a game or two because of this sprained thumb. He was asked after the game if he planned to play on Saturday. He said, we'll see how it feels. I mean, I give him a lot of credit for gutting through this thing because it was very clearly painful, and I think there had been even some oh, – yeah. There have been some uh, uncertainty about whether or not he'd end up returning in the second half. He ultimately did. He played – I thought – this stood out to me. He played very physical in that second half. Like he got his hand in the middle of like a, a bit of a scrum that forced a turnover. He blocked a shot or two. Like he he did not let up in any way because of that right hand, which – Yeah. And you know, forgot with 20 – I think it was 29-18 uh, and 5. Yeah, and I just I it's worth noting just because Anthony Davis has this reputation fair or not under you know understandable whatever for a lack of toughness. So mm-hmm. I thought this was something that if nothing else uh bucked up against that a little bit and something Laker fans should be happy about, but you know, I don't know if he's going to be playing Saturday against Portland. Like, it was funny when when I was watching this game Brian like I I was reminded a bit like in terms of just like what the hell the Lakers need to be doing right now? Because I knew you and I would be talking about this. And I, I remembered, remember an, uh, on any given Sunday that speech Al Pacino gives the, you know, the fight for every inch speech. Uh-huh. And I was thinking about that, not like in a rah-rah sense. I thought about that for the Lakers, like in the most literal sense. Like they need to right now 
fight for every inch while they're on the court because they have no other choice. Like they, there's nothing else they can do ultimately to win games. You know, like execution matters, the way they play off each other, all that stuff. But ultimately, they they need to play every game right now like they are a massive underdog. And, and, and I think, yeah, it doesn't and, take a stretch of imagination because no. in a lot of these games they will be. Well, yeah. I mean, look at it. Look at the games that they won. I mean, I, if I, I, I'm, I'm not looking at the box score, but you know, Memphis was a game they won kind of on their star power, not necessarily mm-hmm. because they played a great cohesive team game. The Houston game on Tuesday was a game they won with the big three playing great. And, and a shitty you know, opponent <laughs> against a really shitty opponent. Right. I mean, there is that. Um, I mean, they, look. They're five and four. They've lost twice to the Thunder. They've struggled twice to beat the Rockets. Um, you know, they, they, these, they, they, it's not an impressive five and four. Yeah. But just I was um, thinking that any given Sunday yeah. scene, and I was just like, I mean, like literally, that's the that's the mindset they need to have. And again, I don't mean this in some like rah rah gladiator way. I mean it like in the most literal humbling way. Like yeah. they really need to play that way right and now. And look, and I, I think to some degree, I think they did try that on third. Sure. This was not a game that they dismissed their opponent in the way that they did the first time they played the Thunder. And it just it's it's frustrating because like everybody knows that they're better than this when they, you know, everybody knows that they're better than this when they have all their players. Um, just from the the purely just from having people. But there's still some stuff here that's real, and I like I just I'll go back and we'll get to Mike Richmond here in a sec. I just I go back to what I said before. It's like this is it all chips away at their ceiling, and, and you know at how good you can get because they need time, they need reps, and they're not getting any of it. Um, Saturday, Andy, they are in Portland to play the Blazers. Uh, Mike Richmond is going to join us next to preview that game. Let us know why the Blazers are scuffling. Talk a little bit about Dame Lillard and, and his future there after the big Chris Haynes article that we talked about this week on the Lock on Lakers podcast. And he'll tell us whether or not Carmelo Anthony, who never misses at Staples Center, is surprising him with his performance thus far. Mike Richmond coming up next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by Built Bar. I love Thanksgiving. You get all that great food, so much of it, but you got to offset some of that decadence with like something that isn't just all calories and sugar, which makes it a perfect time for Built Bars, the new holiday dessert. Feast on something that tastes great, but you don't feel bad about it. Like, for example, slice of pie on average, like 300 calories, and that's on the low end before the that's ice small. Cream. That's a small slice. Right, exactly. The, the whipped cream, all the stuff that makes it so bad for you tastes great bad for you most built bars only 130 calories only four grams of sugar tons of protein low calorie low carb low fat high protein covered in 100 chocolate great option when feeling hungry at thanksgiving and coming enough soon go get a built bar or two and there's nothing like a built bar black friday market calendar black friday will be a huge event all sorts of surprises go to builtbar.com use the promo code lock 15 you get 15 percent off your first order again Promo code LOCKED15, 15% off at Built.com. Uh, Mike Richmond, you guys aren't really off to a hot start either. Dame Lillard has been as bad over the first, you know, 10th of the season as I think he's ever been. What's going on up there? Well, yeah, this is probably the worst stretch I've ever seen Dame play in my in my seven or so years around the team. He's he's just missing shots. I mean, there's probably some physical stuff that he's just not admitting, which is holding him back. But also, he's just bricking shots he can make. Um, and they are winless, 0-4 on the road. They just cannot find it on the road. They got 
smoked by the Clippers. They lost three games this week on the road. Um, it, it, they've looked pretty good at home, but it doesn't travel. So luckily uh, for, for the old pinwheels that they face the Lakers at home in a building where they've been pretty good. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the though, NBA thought they were just doing more Rockets games and just got confused. But, you know, <laughs> anyway. Well, it's interesting looking at Dame, though, with some of his numbers. Like, his assists are at a career best, I believe, and yep. sort of his turnovers. Like, there there are other areas where he seems like Dame. D- does that give you any confidence that it's just a shooting slump right now with everything else okay? He's eventually going to be Dame again? Or is there anything that you're seeing right now that makes you concerned that there's something specific with his shooting. Yeah. So I think early on this week, I said, it's too early to worry about Dame. And then it's the next episode. I was like, not worried about Dame yet. Then this is a beauty of the daily podcast world. I was like, okay, still not worried. Uh, Then today's show, like, all right, y'all, I'm worried. (laughs) I'm worried. We made it. Um, But no, he's, it's, it's important to note that the thing he's struggling with is the shooting. He is shooting poorly. He's not playing bad basketball. Um, He's still got a really good command of the floor. He still demands attention from defenses. Um, You know, he's probably even left some assists on the board where his teammates have bricked some shots. So, yeah, I mean, to me, it's just his shots look flat and they look and they look, you know, good shooters miss short and long. He's missing left and right. Like, um, I think Pedro Stojakovic had a thing where he never missed a shot left or right for, the, you know, the 10 the year prime of his career. Dame's missing left and right. It's that's it's a sign of someone just being way off the mark. So what do you do? Because, like, you know, th- this is a this is an important year. Uh, I think less so now in the, does Dame want to stay? Does he not? You know, you go back and you look at the Chris Haynes article that came out on, on Wednesday, I believe it was, um, talking about, you know, meeting with the late, you know, Anthony Davis and LeBron James and his dedication to Portland. But, you know, they still got to get better. They still got to figure out what to do with this roster that they have. If he starts to play better, does that kind of fix the the issues that go along like how how are these blazers doing in the big picture stuff that is going to ultimately keep dame you know happy and the team in contention yeah uh well i like that the lakers brain trust is lebron james and anthony davis on lebron's rooftop it's like you you've met you've met our decision our chief decision makers it's us two well um, palinka is not a rosé guy that that's yeah, part he, of the problem. He, he wouldn't he doesn't like to drink pink well, wine he recognizes he recognizes. Uh, we'll get your opinion on this, Mike. Uh, this was a debate Brian and I had on yesterday's show. Rosé, bullshit or not bullshit? I tell you, are, I are say you on team bullshit or it's come a long way, Rosé? I would say that I'm. it's come a long way, but particularly, specifically in the sun, in LA, in the middle of the afternoon. If there ever is a time to drink pink wine, it is then. Just, Other times, it, dinner, it's not, dinner's not a pink wine time, but middle of the day, if LeBron serves me pink wine, I say, thank you. <laughs> I dress him as king. I say, thank you, king. And, no. I, I, and I drink him. I just say, you know, Mike Richmond is somebody who lives in the Pacific Northwest. He is of this area where a lot of this rosé is, is made. And so I think, you know, he knows. We're talking to an insider here. The other thing, I think, how would you like to be that Uber driver? You know, you go and you pick up you an got, oh, it's Dame lay, you got and then you out. drop him off and it's at LeBron's house, like the best ride ever. <laughs> you know, I yeah, just, that, that's that's what got my attention. Yeah, so I, I think like the beyond the sort of that uh, it's totally appropriate to drink wine on a warm sunny day or pink wine on a warm sunny day. Um, it's I think Dame is 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 fully sort of like ten toes in, as he said, for now. Um, but for now could change in July when he sort of revisits things. And if things go south, 
that can change. But I don't, I think it's, we can throw it out that like a trade is coming in February or whatever that's mm-hmm. done, but they're, they're weird. Like the Blazers have their four best offensive players are six foot three guards are four, six, three guards. That's tough. Um, they've been playing with that four guards, four, six, three guard lineup to close back to back games. They have lost both of those games, um, maybe related, but like, they're just a weird roster. Some kind of shakeup is coming to make this team more competitive because as they are right now, this is not a team that you could even fool yourself into saying championship. You might be able to talk yourself into hard playoff out at this point. Okay. I want, I want to get, I mean, I, I know a lot of the talk about uh, the Blazers and trades it, it that focuses on Dame asking out, but like in terms of what they can do, like, is there anything they can do that would matter other than trading CJ McCollum? I mean, because no. looking up and down the roster, it's like CJ and Dame as the most expensive guys and the two guys who are the best. And then some medium-sized contracts with like Nurkic, Norm Powell, stuff like that. And then a bunch of guys who are making three mil or less and are pretty unproven. So I'm just sort of right. wondering what they can actually do. Yeah, this is so. Um, if you're really curious about this, tomorrow's show, Locked On Blazers, will address this specifically. So, dear listeners, if you want to know how it's going to work, we're going to talk about that on tomorrow's show. Show available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. But um, yeah, like the most, their most tradable parts is CJ McCollum, but he makes thirty million dollars a year. And does a young team want CJ? So it's like you're not trading him to like a, a rebuild type team. That's tough. Um, mm-hmm. Yusuf Nurkic is like a an above average center entering free agency. Is that an appealing? piece do people want that do they want a slightly above average center who's you have to pay in the summer i don't know um and and norm powell's under contract for this season and four others beyond it that's a lot of norm powell to commit to so it's <laughs> Anthony simons it, it's Anthony. so it's like if you could talk yourself into Anthony simons that's the trade but he doesn't and make he doesn't make a lot he doesn't of money, make though. enough money to move the needle exactly so now it's you're talking Okay, what if you want? What if you take Nurk and Anthony Simons? Well, what are the Bla- can the Blazers be competitive with that? Like they don't have a lot of outs. Um, and you, they have you, a, and the, the whole point here is you're trading for things that make you better. And, you know, if it's um, immediately that, better, right? Immediately it, it, better. It, it, I mean, I was listening to some, the, the 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 through line with the Lakers that you hear a lot. You listen to sports media, whatever it is in LA as well. Don't worry. Like what happens right now? Like this isn't going to be the team. It'll be very different after the. And I'm I, I how. Like, really? I mean, because I have no doubt they'll kick tires on the buyout market and all that, but they don't have stuff to trade. You can't package six guys making the minimum for one guy, you know, somewhere. Like, they have the contract of THT and Kendrick Nunn. That's basically, but then you have to replace those guys. And like, it is very difficult for the Lakers to get better. Um, but like along those lines, so like when when people go into this game on it's Saturday, right? It's not yeah. Saturday it's night, a, yeah. Weird Saturday game, at least for Lakers schedulers. What what should Lakers fans expect? Particularly since you know no LeBron. Um, the the last couple times that LeBron hasn't played, it has meant more centers for the Lakers because they have no alternative there. So a bigger version of the Lakers against the Blazers with no LeBron looks like what? Who knows? So the Blazers, <laughs> they have not really gone super big. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they can go bigger with Robert Covington at the three and Larry Nance at the four and and Yusuf Nurkic or Cody Zeller at the five. And we just haven't seen that yet. We haven't seen that. That's like their version of big. The Lakers version of big is just freaking gigantic. Um, so it's like, it's not the same thing, but it'll. that's what it looks like. But I also think the Blazers will, I think they will play this 
if you see the minutes where where Anthony Davis plays five and the Lakers are relatively small, I think you'll see the Blazers with this freaky deaky six foot three, four six foot three dudes spread them out and you know try to try to lean into their strengths. Um, they were supposed to take a step forward on defense this year. There have been flashes when you're like, oh, this is a competent defensive team, and then they just they haven't had it for a week. Um, they just they just George Nian got loose. Miles Bridges got loose. PJ Washington got loose. I mean, you just, you name any like decent six foot nine adult and they got loose against the, uh, well, against the Blazers this week. So don't worry about it. I wanted to actually ask you, um, cause all of what we're talking about, you know, with Dame and stuff like that is really a referendum on how much better the Blazers can be. Um, and you, you mentioned like the defense, they've shown some flashes. And if you look at their advanced numbers, they're still not good. But they are yeah. better than last season's, and and like notably, I mean, you know, the difference from god awful to simply bad may not be enough. But with with that in mind, what if anything looks different, like tangibly under Chauncey Billups versus Terry Stotts? So more on offense, more Damian Lord and CJ off the ball. They're giving those guys more off the ball and trying to run handoff stuff at the elbows through the bigs, or let Anthony Simons when he's on the court be the initiator. The idea is less less operating time with Dame on the ball means he'll be a little more rested and you can ask more of him on defense. Um, it's not his comfort zone though. So that in, in crunch time, they totally abandoned that. And on defense, they're playing a little more aggressive. They played almost exclusively drop coverage the last five years. Um, now they're bringing the big higher up on screens. They're being more aggressive on the help side. Um, their rotations still get a little wonky and they get lost and give up a ton of open threes. They're bottom five in the league and open threes allowed, um, which again, good, pr- probably good news for Mr. Anthony over there. But, um, it's they look a little bit different, but then in crunch time, it's like, hey, Dame, go to work. And that is very familiar. Mm-hmm. So you, you mentioned Mello. Um, you were I think we're pretty bullish on on, on what he could do and in, in, in terms of being a catch and shoot guy with what he did in Portland and, and the performance that he had there. Are you at all surprised at how well it's going for him in L.A.? Because it's been great to this point. Yeah, I would say the like 28 point games surprised me a little bit. But the idea that like the thing he did best was he was an offensive player in Portland. He just couldn't it doesn't fit the puzzle in the same way that maybe doesn't fit the puzzle with this current Lakers. It's like, what, who do we need to put on the court at the end of the game? Is it another older, like offense only guy? Um, But he was a really good shooter here. He bailed the Blazers out of a bunch of games down the stretch in the bubble. And then um, last season, just by being someone who could catch and shoot. And he's, he's really morphed into an elite catch and shoot guy. It's what made Olympic mellow special now Staples center mellow or whatever you guys are calling him down there. I guess pink wine mellow um, (laughs) is, is, uh, is, you know, he's that guy. And LeBron James has had a really good track record of turning guys who can shoot into great shooters. Um, he's, if, if you're open and you stand still, he'll get you the ball where you need it. Um, so he, I'm surprised by, by maybe how good it's been, but Melo's good at one thing. That's why he's ninth in all time or eighth all time in scoring. He's still doing it. Uh, last question for me because uh, hashtag old friend alert. How's Larry Nance Jr. fitting in with you guys? You know, he's not as good as I thought he would be, honestly. Um, I think he'll get there over the next 10, 15 games, but um, I... 
I was really a big believer in Nance in the Nance signing because of the defense and the playmaking and just the size and athleticism that the Blazers kind of need. Um, he hasn't figured out. He doesn't. He doesn't seem to know where his shots are going to come in on offense. He kind of seems like he's floating around. That's like a newness thing. That's eight games into the year. So I say twenty games in, I'll, we'll feel a little more comfortable about where Larry Nance is at. Um, he can help. They've been playing a little more this week at Small Ball Five. I think. I think. By Christmas, we'll say, yeah, Nance was a Nance was a good acquisition. But right now, he kind of doesn't. He hasn't exactly figured out where the where he fits in the puzzle. Uh, Mike Richmond is the host of Locked On Blazers. It is just you know, great guy, great information, great podcast, and you get it as you say wherever you find podcasts. All of those places have the show, um, and you find it on YouTube as well. Thanks so much for coming on, man. We we really appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me. If you need, if, if we need to talk more about when it's appropriate to drink wine, if that's the segment that we have, just hit me back up. We could have, uh, this is blame LeBron. We could have done it much more today. Yeah, this but, is Pinot Noir country, but I know you guys have b- bigger news to discuss. Pinot Noir it- is, is lovely. Just people need to remember rosé is nothing other than yeah. white Zinfandel rebranded bullshit. It's come a long way, Andy. No. Hey, listen, j- you live in a place where it's always warm. I live in a place where it's an occasional warm and occasional warm means a treat and that means rebranded <laughs> bullshit Zinfandel. <laughs> that occasional warm Yeah, days, baby. yeah. There <laughs> the we things go. Things that don't look quite as good on the label. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Appreciate the time, man. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys.